0: Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad you're joining in. Welcome to Mountain. We've got uh, today joining us, I know, the Blanton family from Bel Air. Maxine and Mark Galecki, who lives alone. Welcome. And other singles who are with us. The Hedricks with your littles. Hammonds are with us with your bigs. Your kids aren't little anymore. Uh, We've got couples and friends from all over the Mountain family and other guests. We're just meeting for the first time today. Glad you're with us as well. I know the Cedar Falls Church of Christ from Iowa, friends from Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, Arizona, Tennessee joining us. Maybe you just stumbled in here. You don't know. It's your first time to ever hang out with mountain friends and um, whoever you are. Wherever you're joining us from, uh, whatever's going on in your life, your head, your home right now, Welcome. Okay. Welcome. You're in the right place. I'm really glad you're here. Um, Feel free to share this link to this page with someone that you think might appreciate knowing that you're thinking about them who could use some encouragement right now, because man, let's be honest. These are, these are trying times for all of us uh, with the social isolation, the upheaval with the schools and the jobs and the economic uncertainties and all the questions about COVID. We need each other And we need the Lord more than ever, so I'm really glad to be with you today, I really am. We're going to talk about something today that is so important, because I think a lot of people have thoughts about God right now, even people that I don't think normally think very much about God, and we've got questions. Maybe you've got questions about God, like where is God, you know, what's God doing, Uh, What's God like? What does God think about all this? If God is a God of peace and strength and hope, can I get me some more of that? if if, If I know God, will I have more of that in my life? So I think about the best thing we could do to help one another is to have a deeper understanding of God, a more accurate picture of God. Maybe more importantly, an authentic, more personal connection with the living God. So we're beginning a new series called, My God, That Is Who You Are. And we're going to be looking carefully at some of the different names of God in scripture. Because if you know the name of God, that's to know God. The names of God reveal the deepest and the truest things about God and who God really is. So now we've all got different names, right? That kind of describe different things about us, right? So my kids, they call me Pops or Dad sometimes. I have a brother who still calls me Benny. That's what I was when I was a little kid. Guys on my high school wrestling team, they called me Coochie. Uh, Why do I feel like I'm going to regret telling some of you that? Um, Some of you call me Pastor Ben. I don't even really love it when you do, but that's a part of who I am. Uh, Some of the staff might know me as Boss or whatever. To Carla, I'm... Hunky stud muffin, at least that's what she always calls me. So the the point is, I'm a different person, right? But the names all point to something true about me, and understanding the names helps us know the person. And this is especially true of God. Just a few moments ago, we sang that song, God is a Waymaker, uh, because God can make a way... When there seems to be no way, when we're stuck, when our backs are against the wall, and you think, I am so screwed right now, there is no way this ends well. There is no way. You can say, but God, you're a way maker. You're my God, and that's who you are. And when you know that, God, it changes everything. Because listen to this quote by A.W. Tozer. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I'll add this. What's in your head when you think about God is the most important factor in determining how you're going to come through a crisis like the one we're in right now. And for most of us, here's the truth. Your God is too small. Your God is too small. I heard that Disney is bringing back Rick Moranis uh, to do a remake of that old movie. Uh, You remember that old movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids?, Uh, It's where he plays that nerdy inventor who comes up with a machine that can shrink things down to a tiny little size, but then he accidentally turns it on his own kids. He's got a lot of explaining to do to his wife and thus the title, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So his kids are on a spoon, they're afraid of the dog or getting sucked up by the vacuum and whatever. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had one of those machines, right? Honey, honey, I shrunk the pile of stuff in the garage. You know, honey, I shrunk our mortgage. Honey, I shrunk my gut, right? Here's the problem. Some of us have pointed that machine at God, and now our God is too small. We often try to shrink God so we can keep him in a little box. So we have this tiny little pet God that we can manage that's convenient for us, doesn't require very much. He's just safe and easily contained, and we can easily ignore him too, like a little figurine you stick on the shelf, right? He's uh, there when you want him, but you can ignore him the rest of the time. Have you shrunk God like that? Sometimes we shrink God down to to where he's like a little genie in a bottle who comes out when we ask him to grant us wishes. Or he's like a grandpa in the rocking chair. He he used to get around better in the old days, but he doesn't hear so well. A lot lot slips by him these days, and he doesn't have the strength anymore. He just kind of smiles approvingly at whatever we do. Or we make God to be a shrunken little meanie killjoy traffic cop God who's always on the prowl trying to catch us doing something naughty so he can give us a ticket, make us pay, make us feel guilty. So we got all these dumb images of God in our heads where we shrink him down. And I'm telling you, if you have the wrong image of God, your life is going to be on the wrong track. But listen, God's real. So you can't just make him up to be whatever you want him to be in your mind. Like, well, whatever God is to you, that's great. To me, you know, God's a fluffy unicorn. That's like the dumbest way of thinking. Even though it's very popular, it doesn't make any sense. You don't get to decide who who I am. You don't get to decide what God's like. He's real, and we need to know the real God. And the good news is this, that God wants us to know Him, and He reveals Himself to us through creation, through His actions, through His Son Jesus, and through his names. So we're going to look at God's personal name today, the first name that God uses to describe himself, a name that shows us he's a way maker. Hope you can grab a Bible somewhere around. Um, we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 3. It's the second book of the Old Testament, right at the beginning of the Bible. And we, we meet here a guy named Moses who's now a very old man already. He's 80 years old. He spent the last 40 years hiding out with sheep in a remote place called Mount Sinai, which to him was just an ordinary everyday place where he lived and went to work. But one day, as Exodus 3 verse 2 says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So he thought, I got to go check this out. Why isn't this bush burning up? It's a reminder, isn't it, that God meets us in ordinary places, like right where you are probably right now in a living room or a bedroom or wherever. But if you're in your living room or bedroom and and your dresser or television torches into flames all of a sudden but isn't being consumed, you probably need to go check it out and figure out what's going on. That's what Moses does here. He's a guy. Guys love fire, so he goes to check it out. Here's the point. When God tries to get your attention, pay attention. Gee, I don't know. Does anybody think maybe God could be trying to get our attention through these days? I'm not saying he's causing a virus. I'm saying... God can use this, if we'll listen, through this whole corona thing, to get a message through about maybe what's truly important. Are you listening to God? When God tries to get your attention, and he often does, pay attention. So Moses checks it out. He moves in closer. And verse 4 says, God called to him from within the bush, calls him by name. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And then God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is what? Holy ground. Wherever God shows up, even if it's an ordinary place, now it's a special place. Just like what maybe you sense is happening in your living room now. When you sing those songs, as we did a moment ago, and you sense God shows up, it changes something, doesn't it? Where God is, is holy. Maybe some of you already probably have your shoes off today in our culture, that's just a sign of being casual and relaxed. But back then it was a sign of respect and reverence. So God says, take your shoes off. And I doubt Moses says, well, Lord, you know, the sand is really hot, you know, and I've got this athlete's foot thing going on. Would you mind? No, I I think he took his shoes off right then. Because when a burning bush talks to you, (laughs) you do what it says. Am I right? So look at verse six. I'm the Lord I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this it says Moses kind of hid his face because he was afraid to even look at God. You kind of see a theme here about who God is. God is big. He's almighty and brilliant and fearsome and holy and his glory is so great. Have you you ever just like sensed God's presence in such a way that you just kind of wanted to shrink down and hide your face? God says in the next verses. Moses, listen, I have heard the cries of my people. I know y'all are suffering right now and in trouble. And I haven't forgotten you. I see the struggle. I'm concerned. So Moses, I'm going to do something about it. And I'm sending you to go to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I'm going to make a way. And I want to use you to do it. Now, I don't know how you think about Moses. Sometimes we think of Bible people as like big Bible guys, you know, like Captain Marvel or some muscly action figure like Thor or whatever. But listen, this is a weak old man with nothing but a shepherd's stick who says in verse 11, but Moses says to God, who am I? Who am I that I should be the one to go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who who am I? I hear that in the same kind of whiny, weak voice I give to God sometime, like kind of like, who am I? Who am I? You ever said that to God? Who am I to, to lead and care for my family right now through this crisis? Who am I to bring t- my training as a healthcare professional, a doctor or nurse or EMT, to care for the, for the sick? Who, who am I to do that right now? Who am I to figure out how to homeschool? Who, who am I to make a living when I can't even get to work? Who am I to step up and be there for others when I have so much concern about my own kids, my own family and future? am I? Notice this. God doesn't give Moses a little pep talk. Like, come on, Mo, believe in yourself. You got this. You can do it. No, he doesn't say, I'm here to pump you up, Moses. No motivational seminar. Here's what God says. When he says, who am I? God says, it doesn't matter who you are. I said, I will deliver them. I'm the way maker. I just need a willing servant to trust me and do what I say. I'm talking to you through a burning bush, dude. If I can use a bush, I can use you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've got or don't have, how good you are, how strong you are. It doesn't matter. It matters who I am. God says next, he says, I will be with you. What a great promise for us right now. Does anybody need that promise? Man, I do. No matter how isolated or quarantined we feel right now, God says you're not alone. I am with you. That's who I am. Now look carefully here. We're getting closer to where he reveals his very name. In verse 13, Moses says, Okay, suppose I go to those Israelites. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but if I did. And I say to them, God sent me to you. And they say, well, what's his name? What am I going to tell them? As far as we know, this is the first time in recorded history that anyone asks God to see some ID. (laughs) It's the first time God uses a name to describe himself, and God answers Moses' question. He says in verse 14, I am who I am. This is what you're to tell the Israelites. Tell them I am sent you. That's all they need to know. God says, I am the one who was there in the beginning. I am the one who always will be. I am the one who will be with you. I am God. And the name used in scripture by God himself for God is I am. And in Hebrew, it looks like this. You see there like four little consonants reading from right to left. Yod, hey, vav, hey, if you're curious. Those are consonants. Yahweh, Yahweh. You can see how it's typically rendered in English there, like Y-H-W-H. And they never pronounced it out loud because the name of God was thought to be so holy. The shortened form of it is just Yah. Like when we say hallelujah, we're saying hallelujah. That means praise. And Yah means praise Yahweh, praise the Lord, praise God. And when they wrote it, they added some vowels they took from another Hebrew name for God, Adonai. So they took those vowels, A and A, and they just shoved them in with those consonants, that, that the Y-H-W-H, and it comes up with this name, Yahweh, Yahweh. Some folks later kind of invented the word Jehovah as a spinoff of it. It's really Yahweh. That's the name God gives himself. And you know what? It appears in your Bible 6,823 times just in the Old Testament. And every time you see the word LORD in all caps, that's the name, Yahweh, it's God's personal name, and it means I am. It literally means I be. I have always been. I always will be. I am with you always. I don't have to try. I don't have to worry. I don't have to prove myself. You just tell him I am God. I am the one who created everything. I am the one who's running the planet. I am the owner of everything. I'm the sustainer of everything. I am the Lord. I'm large. I am in charge. I am all you need. I am enough. I'm the alpha. I'm the omega. I am the inexhaustible, uncontainable, immeasurable God. That's who I am. And it kind of makes you realize, whoa, God's big. There was a man in the Bible named Job. You probably heard about him. He went through a horrible time, a lot worse than anything any of us are going through right yet. He lost everything, even his kids, his farm, his business, his livelihood, his health. He's miserable, and his friends are no help. And so he's griping at God one day. And while God usually welcomes us to bring our pain and complaints to him, it's like God sensed Job needed a reminder of how big God was. So God says to him, excuse me, just hate to interrupt, But who are you again, Mr. Late to the Scene guy who's now full of wisdom and knowledge and knows everything about how the universe is supposed to be run? I know your life isn't going very well right now, but that doesn't mean you're bigger than me or you know how to tell me how to do my job. Your ways are not my ways. You're smaller than a dust dust mites butt, Job, and, and you don't know what you think you know. And Mr. Job, well, I am very sorry you're hurting, we'll get to that, you're not God, I am. Or, or, excuse me, were you there when I threw the stars into space? Were you around? Let me th- I'm trying to remember the day when I created everything and the animals in the forest and invented, like, snow and clouds. Oh, that's funny, because I don't remember seeing you, Mr. Job. Oh, that's right. It's because I hadn't made you yet. So it's probably important for you to remember in times like these that the next time you want to climb up on my throne and bump me out of the way and put your butt down in my seat, that you're not the God of the universe because I am And you know what Job did when God dressed him down like that? He put his hand over his mouth, the Bible says. And he lowered his face and he lowered his head and he said, you're right, God. Sometimes I just get to hurting or get confused or get upset. Where I say things to God and about God that maybe aren't even right. Like Job, we can all come around and say, thanks, God, I needed that. I know, and he does say, I know you're my redeemer and that you're alive and well and running the show. I don't always understand or like what's going on, but I trust you because you are a good God. Sometimes we need to meet the great I am. Like the great big God and just shut up. In his presence. Let all mortal flesh keep silence before a huge, gigantic, almighty, powerful creator, all knowing God. And just like in times like these, I think we need to do less yakking and just fall before him with our shoes off and our hands over our mouths in humble adoration and respect and amazement because you're in the presence of the Holy One, even if it's in your living room, an ordinary place. The other night I was in my room just listening to worship music in the dark kind of getting my head on straight. And you know what? For a moment, I felt so small, and I realized God is so big, and it felt so good. Don't you think we sometimes play a little too fast and loose with God? get a little too cozy, like he's Gilligan, like, hey, little buddy. But when you see God like Job did, like Moses did, like we can maybe see him now in the face of a global pandemic. He's not your homeboy that you, you you stroll up to and slap on the belly and say, what's up, dog? He's Yahweh God, the great I am. And for Job and for Moses and for Israel and for you and me right now, he's a way maker. That is who he is. And and get this, if God is I am, you see what that means about you and me? If God is I am, it means I am not. It means I am not. I am not the center of everything. I am not in control. I am not responsible for the world. I am not the Savior. I'm not the solution. I'm not all powerful. I'm I'm not calling any shots. I'm not the owner of anything. I'm not the Lord. I'm not holding anything together. I am not a way maker because... I am not God. You know, the next time you go to a party and they hand you those little solo cups and a Sharpie, here's what you write. You just kind of say, oh, I know who I am. You want to know who I am? That's, that's me. I am not. Because <laughs> the bigger I think I am, the more likely I will shrink God. And the smaller I realize I am. And I know I am not. The bigger God is. And then he can fill me with his bigger peace, his bigger security, all of his his bigness. So, So instead of, honey, I shrunk God, we should say what John the Baptist said when Jesus showed up. He looked at Jesus and he recognized him as the great I am in the flesh. And you know what he said? He said, he must increase and I must decrease. And when I can do that and let God be God and realize it's really not about me and What I'm going to do to get us through this thing and solve everything, I can realize God is the way maker and I am not because God is with us and God is big. You want to know something else that, if we think about it in the right way, probably should just blow our brains and never take for granted? That great, big, huge, almighty, uncontainable God, you can't just know his name, he knows your name. (laughs) He knows you. Isaiah 43 says, this is what Yahweh, there's the word, this is, what the, this is what God says, for he created you. He says, don't be afraid, fear not, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by name and you are mine. God doesn't just want you to know his name. He wants you to know that he knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He wants you to say, you are my God, that's who you are. He wants you to know he cares about you. He's seen every moment of your life. He's he's heard your cries, your struggles. And he wants you to know that he's bigger. God saying to us, I think in a time like this, I am. I am bigger than Pharaoh, I am bigger than the Red Sea in front of you, I am bigger than the armies behind you, I am bigger than a stimulus package, I am bigger than a global pandemic, I am bigger than whatever is in front of you, because it's not about you, it's about who I am, and I am a way maker. So you can know God by name. Friends, it's time to trust in God. Let me leave you with a scripture here that I think is so beautiful and powerful. It's from Isaiah chapter 40 verses 28 to 30. It says, "Have you never heard don't you understand? Lord it says, "The Lord, and there's his name, Yatz yeah, Yahweh, there it is. The Lord I am is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He's big." And it says he never grows weak or weary. Uh, you know, in a time when everyone is weak and weary right now and everyone's getting sick or tired of our situation, God is still strong. And when we can't understand, he says, "No one can measure the depths of his understanding." In a time when you might feel powerless and people getting, you know, frustrated, he says, "God, this Yahweh God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless." Even the most energetic young people will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. We're actually seeing that now. It's affecting so many people around us in so many ways. But those who trust in the Lord, Yahweh, will find new strength. However long this lasts, we remember God will make a way. And these will, the Bible says, will soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. What a great encouragement. So let's conclude our time together by sharing communion together. I hope you've had a chance to set aside some physical elements, bread and drink to represent Jesus' physical body and his gift for us. This can be such a meaningful time. And today I want to invite you to do it a little differently. And that is to really think about who Jesus is. Like one time some Jewish leaders were arguing with Jesus about his identity. And they say, well, just who do you think you are? You know, are you greater than Abraham? And you know what Jesus says in John 8, 58, he says this, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. You see what he did there? Jesus is saying, before Abraham, I am. He identifies himself as the most holy, personal, powerful name of God. The God who called Abraham, you know that God. The God who led Moses, the God who took the children of Israel through the wilderness, that God. I am, Jesus says. And if you were a Jew back then, you you knew you had two options. You could either bow down and worship him because he's the I am, or you could kill him as a blasphemer. And they tried to kill him that very day because they knew Jesus was saying, I am the great I am. That's who Jesus is. So as we come to communion now, I know we have all kinds of people watching. You're at maybe different places with God. But whoever you are, I want us all to know God is a way maker. And He's made, most importantly, a way for you to know Him by name and to walk with Him and to find strength in Him, have a relationship with Him every day of your life in a relationship that will never end even after you die. God's made a way for you to be forgiven from all of our sin and to walk free and pure before Him. And the way that God has done it all is that this God came among us as Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he went to a cross and he was buried and raised up again to make a way for us when there was no way. So let's use communion as a time to come around that Jesus and to declare our faith in him today. When things are great and our life is easy, you know, everything's fine, we don't often remember how much we need Jesus. But God has our attention now through this whole thing. And it's a chance for us to say, my God, that is who you are. So let's take our questions, our fears, and let's go to God with them in a time of communion and know that for so many questions that we have, the answer is God. I don't want to be overly simplistic about it, but so often the things that we wonder about the most, the answer is Jesus. It's I am. So let's do something as we get ready for communion. Wherever you are, let's say these words together, I am. Will you say those words with me? I am. That name of God is the answer to a lot of what's on our minds right now. So, I'm going to ask a question out loud that any of us might have. And then, together, let's answer with a declaration the name of God as the answer. I am, because He is the answer, okay? So, here's a question Who's there for me when my retirement account has been crushed? I am. Who's going to take care of me and my family when this economy is struggling so much? I am. Who's going to keep me sane when I'm all cooped up with my family or I'm isolated and alone? I am. What if I get coronavirus? Who's my friend and my helper then? I am. Who's going to fill me with hope even in this time of discouragement? I am. And who's going to make sure that good eventually prevails over evil? I am. Because who is our way maker? I am. Let's pray together. God, we we know you're the same God who appeared before Moses and Abraham. And you're with us now. And you're in this place. And we welcome you. And Jesus, we know that you, you say, I am the good shepherd, and we, we come before you just needing you to be our shepherd and to protect us and guide us like individual sheep where you just know each of our names even as we know your voice. Thank you, God, for Jesus and for his death on the cross and for giving us to make a way for us to know you, from, to make a way for us to live and to live forever. We, we thank you and praise you and ask for your help and protection care and your healing. In Jesus' name, amen.